Back at it again. Welcome back to Fantasy OT. I'm your host, Uncle Chug, and today we're going to be breaking down the top 10 tight ends you need to be drafting in the upcoming 2023-2024 season. Starting off our list at number 10, David Njoku. This man's athleticism has been on display since he came into the league, as evidenced by his touchdown celebration. This man can get vertical. I think with another season with Deshaun Watson and having Deshaun Watson get a full offseason underneath his belt, OTAs, training camp, the whole nine, I would expect Njoku and his connections to grow even more than it did from last year. Um, We saw Watson look for him once he got inserted. Um, in the red zone, regular passes, third down, whatever the case. And I would expect this year with their receiving core consisting of Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, and Amari Cooper, for Njoku's role to grow or at least be the same. I think he's a safe spot at number 10, and he very well could finish above this. Up next at number 9, Kyle Pitts. I was a little reluctant to add this one. I had him last year, and he burned me week after week, but I kept the faith like a lot of people. And unfortunately... It bit me in the butt. Arthur Smith loves running the ball. They drafted B. John Robinson. So I know you're probably thinking, what's going to make this year different? Well, there's no more Marcus Mariota. And now with Desmond Ritter at the helm, I would expect Arthur Smith to protect his young quarterback as much as possible. There'll be a lot of easy layup throws, short dump-offs, conservative plays, and all that's going to play into the favor of Kyle Pitts. Um, their receiving core has Drake London, newly signed Matt Collins, and Scotty Miller. All good receivers, but nobody that's going to be taking targets away from Pitts. I think Pitts will get back to his old form and look closer to the way he did in his rookie season where he broke the single-season rookie receiving record for a tight end. And I think this year he may have games where he's relegated to blocking duty, but overall he will not be the player he was last year, and he will look closer to the way he did his rookie season. Coming in at number eight, Darren Waller. This one still shocks me because the Raiders gave him away for peanuts. The Giants were in desperate need of a number one pass catcher. Um, Last year, Darius Slayton basically got relegated to that role. And while he did pretty well overall, he's not a traditional number one. I think Waller's going to step in, have a big impact, receive heavy volume, heavy targets, and a ton of red zone looks. Um, Let's not also forget that the number two receiver on the Giants, Richie James, is now on the Chiefs. Those 70 targets he had are going to have to be soaked up by somebody. And I would expect most, if not all, to be soaked up by Waller. So feel comfortable drafting him. Of course, the injury concerns are always there, but if he can manage to give us 14, 15 games, I think he could possibly have his best season as a pro. Um, He'll definitely score more touchdowns, get a bunch of targets, which we've grown accustomed to, and I think the yards will definitely be there. Up next to number seven, last year's fantasy tight end darling, Evan Ingram. I picked him up once he had a halfway decent game, and I was so glad that I did. Um, He quickly became one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. And I know there might be some fears with the signing of Calvin Ridley, them still having Zay Jones, and also Christian Kirk, and also Travis Etienne and drafting Tank Bigsby. But at the end of the day, Doug Peterson's offense are always really centric around the tight end. We saw that with Zach Ertz in Philadelphia and Dallas Goddard. And I would expect that to continue. And for Evan Ingram to have a heavy involvement in the offense and to continue to build off of his stellar season from last year. Up next at number six, Pratt Firemuth. Uh, he was Kenny Pickett's favorite target last year, uh, and I would expect that to be the same this year. With the receiving core of Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and now newly signed Allen Robinson, I don't see too much changing in terms of the pecking order. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers have always loved the tight end. Fryermuth is great with yards after catch. Um, if he can avoid the concussion bug like he has had to deal with over the last few years and just the injury bug in general, I think he could be in for a monster season, possibly his best season as a pro. Um, Pickett will still look to him early and often, being a young quarterback, and I think he will be a safety valve and definitely his number one target in the Reds. Coming in at number five, Dallas Goddard. Had it not been for the five games Dallas Goddard missed last year with injury, he would have undoubtedly been an all-pro. Um, Jalen Hurts loves looking his way, and the only thing stepping in his way from being in the number one-two conversation is the fact that that team has so much talent between A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, newly signed DeAndre Swift, and Rashad Penny, and let's not forget Kenneth Gainwell. Um, he's going to be fighting for targets here and there. And you could even put Quez Watkins in that mix. But I think his spot is pretty safe in the pecking order. He'll definitely be getting red zone looks. We saw what he can do with the ball in his hands. If he can crisp up his route running a little bit, I think he can really take that next step this year. And barring any injury concerns, I think he's in for another monster season. Coming in at number four, George Kittle, the yak monster. Um, at least when Brock Purdy's quarterback from what we saw last year, it was like, the story of two tales last year. In the first half of the season, we kind of saw Kittle be relegated to blocking duty, and that was largely because Trent Williams got hurt and they needed him to step up and block. Um, but once Purdy got inserted, once Williams got healthy, we saw him go back to the player of old. Big yak, a lot of targets, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of big plays. And I think with a full season with Purdy, hopefully if Purdy's able to come back and start the season, Kittle will continue to build off of the rapport that he's built with Purdy last year and have another monster season. Um, he may be relegated to block here and there with Mike McGlinchey no longer on the team, but I would expect Kittle to still be in that upper echelon, definitely within the top five, possibly within the top three. Up next at number three, TJ Hawkinson. Um, he finally fit the billing last year. Um, TJ Hawkinson always gets drafted really high, but I think the trade to Minnesota really helped him blossom. Um, there weren't the growing pains we expected. Kirk Cousins looked for him early and often. He had a bunch of big games once he got to the team. And I think with Adam Thielen out of the picture, his role is only going to grow. Justin Jefferson is, of course, going to get his. But beyond that, they have the rookie Jordan Addison, who will, who will produce, but it may take a little time. And K.J. Osborne, who has a splash game here or there, but he's never consistent enough to make a dent in the pecking order. I think Hawkinson will undoubtedly be the number two receiver on that team, and I think he will pick up where he left off last year, getting a bunch of red zone targets, a bunch of targets in general, and a bunch of yards. So expect another big year for TJ Hawkinson. Coming in at number two, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews seems to produce no matter who's the quarterback. Um, we've seen him do it with Tyler Huntley and obviously do it with Lamar. Um, I think last year, the fact that he only had nine games with Lamar and missed two games himself due to injury, heavily affected him. He still had a pretty good season overall, but I think if Lamar can stay upright, if he can keep himself healthy, he'll look like the Mark Andrews of two years ago, scoring a bunch of touchdowns, being the number one option in the offense, and getting a bunch of targets, yards, and all the usual metrics that we're used to seeing from Mark Andrews. I think he's in for a big bounce back year, and I think them having other pass catchers will actually work to his benefit because it'll open up looks for him and take some of that defensive attention that's solely around him away. Coming in at number one, I think this comes as no surprise, Travis Kelsey, a monster. I mean, he could literally make an argument for being drafted in the first round. This man's coming off of his seventh straight season with 1,000 yards, a record, and I would expect him to have his eighth. 
Patrick Mahomes' favorite target, Andy Reid's favorite person to draw plays up to in crunch time, regular time, whatever the case. And with the receiving core only consisting of Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, and Richie James, I would expect Kelsey's role to be the same, if not grow. Um, He's going to be looked for to make big plays consistently and when they need them if they're down in any case, which shouldn't be often. But expect Kelsey to have another monster season. And if you're thinking about drafting him in the first round, I wouldn't blame you. There were a couple of honorable mentions I wanted to make. First being Chigokwankwo, uh, the Tennessee Titans tight end. He was a rookie last year. Over his last seven games, he really came on. He ended up leading the team in receptions over those last seven games and being second in receiving yards behind Traylon Burks. And I would think this year that will continue. He'll continue to have a large role in the offense that's run heavy. Vrabel's always loved the tight ends with you know Delaney Walker, Austin Hooper, Jonu Smith. They've always found a way to keep the tight end heavily involved. And I, I would expect that trend to continue. He has great tackle-breaking ability, great big play ability, and really good speed for a tight end. So don't hesitate taking a flyer on him as well if you're not able to get one of these guys within the top 10. Also, I wanted to mention Greg Dulcich, um, the tight end for the Broncos. He missed the first five games of the season, but once he started getting in the mix, he hit the ground running. Uh, Wilson looked his way early and often, even in the first game he played. And in four out of the 10 games that he played, he received eight targets, which is a ton of targets for anybody, receiver, running back, or a tight end. So that is not something to be overlooked. I would expect his role to grow. He probably will not have a sophomore slump. If anything, he will burst onto the scene and kind of be a fantasy darling. I don't want to say quite like Evan Ingram, but I do think he's going to have a big year. He'll improve on his numbers with another year underneath his belt. And with Sean Payton as the head coach who loves tight ends, I would expect Dulcich to have a great sophomore season. And he's a great person to consider if you're not able to nab one of these guys inside of the top 10. (music) 